playing online and on smart devices. Now on London Scotty Radio, it's podcast time. I'm George Matlock. Hello and welcome to another episode of, in this case, a very festive episode of Scotty MOT. I'm George Matlock, your host for today's programme. Delighted to tell you that we have on the line Kath Marchbank, who is the Welfare Officer of Stex, the uh, the charity that we work with here at London Scotty Club. So first of all, a very big aru and hello to you. Hello, George. Glad to be back. We're glad to have you back. So this is your second episode now, isn't it, of Scotty MOT? <laughs> It is, yes. And I, I was quite shocked because after the last episode, uh, I had a couple of phone calls. Oh dear, not from the lawyers, I hope. <laughs> no, no, not from the lawyers, but we've been able to help a couple of people, which is wonderful. Oh, that's wonderful. I think that, that deserves a fanfare. That really does. I, I haven't got a trumpet to blow, but you get the idea. OK, well, tell us, so what happened? So, so after the programme was broadcast, you say you had, you had some feedback. Yep, I had um, a call via WhatsApp, um, a lady saying that her daughter's dog... Uh, she was having a little bit of trouble with it, a young Scotty. And so I got the girl's phone number, spoke to her. And hopefully we've managed to uh, put some training in place. And, uh, you know, we we can prevent the, the dog from uh, from snapping and, and attacking the dogs again. So tell us a bit more about this. So just so we understand the, the colour. Obviously, we won't say the, the, the name of the owner, but maybe just the first name of the owner, if you remember. Yeah. Um, um, so what, what actually was... So this was a, a behavioural problem. What exactly did... Uh, yeah, the, the, the lady... Um, the dog was being delivered back from daycare and with another dog. And um, the, uh, the, the little dog snapped out at the, at the other dog. Now, it could have been a little bit of jealousy... I don't believe there was any food involved, um, but it could have been just seeing the her owner, uh, you know, mum's there, and I don't want you, you know, to have to share with the other dog. And so there was a little episode where the dog, uh, the Scotty, attacked the other dog. Um, I think the the person from daycare who was holding both dogs was very upset, um, you know, as you would be. But you know, these things do happen. But it's it's you've got to get the ground rules in place. Uh, which I've spoke to the dog's owner and um, she's changed a few things and her behaviour is starting to get a little bit better. So Fantastic. She, you know, she was just, she's only a young dog. She was just mm. starting to put her feet on, firmly on the table and say, you know, I want to do things this way and pushing her mum a little bit. Mm. Um, you know, so hopefully they've, they've got on top of her now and, um, you know, she can carry on socialising with other dogs. You know, I can't say that this incident won't ha- ever happen again, but, you know, once you're aware of it and, you know, just give the dogs a little bit of space and don't let the dogs go, you know, right up face-to-face with one another, then that's generally a key to, you know, to stop these episodes. And how old is the dog, do you know? Uh, she's only young. She's only um, just uh, just one years old. Right, so I guess in a way this is partly a discovery experience as well, isn't it, for the owner? Because yes, a new yes, dog yes. and what do I do now? So um, what what kind of advice were you able to give? It's obviously having some effect, which is positive. Yeah, I think, um, 
making sure that they don't let the dog up on the furniture, uh, you know, some of the mm. ground rules, because people think, oh, well, the dog comes up on the furniture, it's so nice. It is good to have the dog on the furniture if you've instigated that cuddle time, as I call it. Mm. If the dog is jumping on the furniture of her own accord, then they're ruling the roost, and it's, you know, I'll do this and I'll do that. So, you know, you've got to say, no, I'm sorry, you're not allowed up on the furniture, you know, down in your bed, down in your bed. And you get a little bit fed up of saying that for a few weeks. But once the dog realises her place is the floor, then she'll respect you and, and know that you're her leader and she'll, she'll respect your commands when you're out and about. Well, that's a very interesting uh, account because, uh, I mean, as you know, I've, one of my dogs is a Wheaton uh, and his name is Pudding. I don't mind saying that on air. And uh, he does think he's the boss. I mean, he will very often jump onto the sofa. Um, and people say to me, you know, Scotties, they're not sofa dogs. Well, they should come and see mine then. I mean, yeah. this one is very sofa orientated. And if I ever sit down, he, he watches me from across the floor. And if he ever sits me, sees me sit down, usually in an evening to watch a bit of TV or whatever, you know, sit down on the sofa, within seconds, he's walking across and just jumps um, from, you know, point blank range, really, straight up vertically like a Hawker Sidley Harrier and, and lands on, on the sofa next to me. And he does that every single time he sees me sit down on the sofa. And it's immediate. It is, I just want to be close to my dad. I want to yeah. meet and greet. Now, so long as when he's on the sofa, he will get down when you ask him to, mm. then you haven't got too much of a problem. What you've got to be careful of is if he becomes, this is my sofa and I'm not going to share it with anybody. Yeah. Or so if your wife comes to sit down or you've got a visitor who's coming to sit next to you and he can then start grumping and growling. And, you know, a lot of dogs do actually bite at this at that time. Mm. Um, you know, so I always advise, you know, put the dog on the floor before you let anybody else, you know, to come and sit on the sofa. Give the dog the command to go down and into its bed. And that way you're taking away the risk of the dog snapping out and saying, this is my chair, I don't want to share it. Yeah, I mean, he is very much daddy's boy, uh, which is certainly true. So I think there's a part of, part of that is that he wants to be close. I and mean, he will, very often when I'm sitting on a kitchen chair, he will sit underneath the chair. He will wrap around like a cat, you know, curl up underneath the chair. He's always very close to me anyway. So I, that's why I always take it as a rather an affectionate and rather charming uh, thing to do. Yeah, you know, it certainly can be. But so long as he will do as he's asked, you know, if you say get down, that he will get off the sofa. And if he won't, then you need to start saying, no, this isn't allowed and just put him in his place a little bit. Mm. I will try that. I've got a feeling there's going to be some crosswords between us, but I will oh, yeah. definitely try it. <laughs> I think you'll sulk for a little while. You know how our Scottish can sulk. <laughs> oh, yes. And they give you that sour look as well with their eyes. Oh, definitely. That Scotty eye and how dare you talk to me like that. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's definitely a Scotty trait. OK, now you said there were a couple of calls you had uh, or a couple of approaches after the, the podcast. Um, are you able to tell us about the other episode? other one, um, it was a lady who's also a very young dog, only 14 months old, a little uh, male dog. He was bought during lockdown, um, so he's not m met many people. You know, the lady lives on her own. She's an elderly person, um, so that people haven't been coming to the house. So now when people do come to the house, he wants to guard and he wants to, you know, you're not allowed to come in and I will snap and bite you. So... Quite a naughty little boy. Um, so he's actually come in for 
what they call a little bit of boot camp. And he's coming in. Uh, he came in I, I came, uh, just after the last podcast. I shot over to pick him up. And he's doing very well. He's not there yet, but we, we're getting there with him. He's learning that uh, we've gone back to basics. We've gone back to using a crate for him so we feel safe in the crate. Um, and then we, he, he's not in the crate all the time. We let him out and he's allowing now people to walk around the room without snapping at them, which is good. Um, certainly, I will not let this dog on the furniture because um, he really does think if I'm up there, I am the boss and that I will snap out. Yeah, yeah. And oh, um... you know, he's firmly down on the floor. And, uh, you know, it's, it's just the the way forward with him. Mm. Um, and hopefully, you know, he'll learn that, you know, he doesn't have to guard everything and everybody. And, he's, you know, he's just starting. He's been here two weeks now, almost two weeks. And he's just starting to relax and, you know, learning, I think, what about being a dog and sharing things. So he's, know, he's, other dogs he's literally staying with you every day for the last two weeks in the boot camp? Right. Is he allowed to send postcards? <laughs> his his mummy wants him back and would have him back uh, t tomorrow, but he's not fixed yet. Right. So, and it sounds know, like she's being very patient about all of this as well. Yeah, because if, if he was to go back and he's not fixed, then we're just going to be back to, to square one with yeah. him. Yeah. Um, you know, this, he's a very, a very difficult dog because he comes and he's wagging his tail at you like he wants the attention. You put your hand down to stroke him. And he really is snapping out at you. Oh dear! So he's he's pretending to be nice, and then he turns all um, Jekyll and Hyde. Oh, definitely, yep. So he's very mixed up. He, he's not sure what he wants. Um, so we've actually got an appointment with the vet tomorrow because I want to just rule out to make sure that there's there's no pain anywhere with him. Mm, yeah. Uh, because generally, I always say dogs always, you know, the reason why dogs bite is they're either frightened to death or they're actually in pain. Yeah, I mean, I was going to ask you, because this is obviously, what, a 14-month-old dog. Um, it's, uh, I mean, you have obviously in Stex uh, a, a lot of experience of dogs that you've had to help um, who are rescues. And, of course, very often they come with a certain amount of baggage and a certain history. Uh, and it's not always obvious what that history is, but I know you obviously do your best to, to try to trace and work out what's been happening uh, and then to try to help correct the dog. I mean, here, uh, th this is a young dog. I mean, it, there's there's no obvious um, sign of any 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 problem. Obviously, the owner must love the dog. I, I, I have no doubt there's no abuse involved. Oh, definitely. You yeah. know, implicitly, she loves him to pieces. Yeah, yeah, absolutely brilliant. Well, look, let us know, um, you know, give us an update in the new year about that and how he's getting on. Uh, we'd yeah. love to hear some some good news about that. Right, OK, let's turn to now um, events of the day. And um, we've had a few questions in. I mean, one that uh, that I picked out from the mailbag uh, comes from a, a lady in North London. She was um, asking, she's got a, a young dog. I think the dog is about 12 months old, so it's just about leaving puppyhood. And um, this dog has now acquired the taste for chasing squirrels. And apparently um, it's, it's rather out of control, meaning the owner is worried that this dog, it's a, she is a bitch, she is a female dog, um, that the dog is just focused completely on squirrels. As soon as they, uh, she sees squirrels um, up a tree, whatever, that's it. She freezes, she looks up, she barks, and the owner gets no chance of re re sort of redeeming control over 
her dog. Um, is this, I mean, they are ratters. Obviously, they do chase rodents and squirrels are among the rodent population. Is this something we should just accept and it's a natural thing? Or do you think there's anything we can do about that? No, no, it's, it's got to be trained um, and she's got to be told she's not allowed to do it because, you know, if she's happens to be off lead in a park and she sees a squirrel and, you know, the squirrel doesn't always run up the tree and if it decides to run across the road or across the grass, you know, the dog could then end up on the road and get injured, you know, and get killed, heaven forbid. So you do need to practice that recall and breaking that that hunt instinct in them. Yeah. So my advice is to keep the dog on the lead, um, you know, because you can, you can have fun up you know, take your dog out for a walk and, and have lots of fun with her, with her still on the lead. So you don't have to feel that she's got to be off the lead at this stage. So And use a long line with her so you can get that recall. Now, what you need to do is to find what's making her tick. Uh, with some dogs, it is food, and it's great if they are food-orientated because you can break that, uh, that prey instinct by mm. feeding her food. You know, so don't, don't feed the dog before you go for a walk actually take the food with you, what you're going to feed her, what she will be eating that morning, take that with her and then feed it to the dog on the walk. So you're using that food to say, you know, come to me, come to mummy. Um, you know, don't go chasing squirrels. You know, or a squeaky toy. Um, the little, if your dog's ripped the teddies apart, you know, these mm. little things that squeak. Inside there's a plastic circular um, thing, which is great that you can keep in your pocket and actually squeak that. So when you're walking along with her on the lead, every now and again just squeak the little squeaker, and it just gets the dog's attention. So if you can then train the dog that when you squeak that, you know, she comes to you, so when she's running to go to chase that squirrel up the tree, you squeak the squeak, and hopefully the squeak is more enticing and better than the, the squirrel chasing. Right, so what you're basically saying is that the key to success with this is in order to regain control over your dog, you've got to regain attention of the dog. Definitely, definitely. And with terriers, because they are stubborn, they're strong-willed, mm. it, is a, it is a long training process. But, you know, keep in there with her and not allow, not allow her to run up that tree and chase the squirrel. People... You know, you'll see people in the park and they let the dogs chase it because they think, oh, it's fun, you know, it looks good. The dog's looking up the tree and the, the squirrels run along, it's, you know, three or four trees away by now. But, you know, I do hear reports where, sadly, the dogs do get knocked down, mm. uh, you know, because the squirrels don't always run up the tree. As I say, they run away and, you know, the dogs uh, give chase and, unfortunately, you know, they're hit by the car yeah. or can get lost. Yeah, well, this is this is it. And um, actually, you've reminded me of a, an incident that happened a few years ago. Um, where I live, we've got a, a green, a recreational green, and in the middle of it, we're sliced through by the South Circular Road, which, as you can imagine, is a fairly busy uh, thoroughfare in London. And um, I, I was talking to a, a neighbour of mine who, who had a, a mongrel. It wasn't a, a Scot. It wasn't a, any, any, any particular pedigree. Uh, but it was um, a, quite a smart dog, obviously, uh, and, and very energetic. And I remember uh, my neighbour, uh, we were on the green, uh, and I had my Scotties with me, and we were just having a good old chit-chat and about this, that and the other. And then he suddenly turned to the subject and said, oh, you know, my uh, uh, Lola, I think was the name of the dog, uh, she, she recently, see that churchyard over the other side of the, of the road, of the, north, of the South Circular Road, um, she, she chased um, a, a fox that she saw there. 
And literally, um, I said, well, that's dangerous, you know, because obviously you're crossing a, a busy road where cars won't see a small dog. And this was a small dog. It wasn't a Scotty, like I said, but it was the same sort of size and proportion as a Scotty. And before I could even say that, there was an action replay, meaning the dog bolted literally right next to us, seeing again a fox on the other side of the road and did the same thing. And I said, well, I don't, you don't need to tell me what happened. I can see it now. It's all happening live, you know. Yeah. Absolutely hor horrifying. really is. It's so scary, you know, when that happens. Mm. So you've got to be in control of your dog at all times. So, you know, if you're in a busy place, a lead, you know, use um, a long line so the dog can still run and play. You know, you've got to really have fantastic recall. And, you know, Scotties aren't always the best at recall. So you've got to find something that makes them, you know, want to come to you. Yeah. And, you know, it's great if it is food. It, you know, that is the easiest thing. You can rattle a little tin and the treats can be in there. You know, open that packet of cheese. You know, the dogs can, you know, it makes me laugh when I've got the older dogs in. You know, you'll be shouting the names, come on, come on, and they, they don't take any notice, but they can hear that fridge door open, that cheese wrapper, come out of the, the cheese box in the fridge from, you know, half an acre up the field. <laughs> they are there, you know, they hear it. It reminds... Re what makes your dog tick. Yeah. Um, and it can be, if the dog's very, you know, likes its squeaky toys, you know, take a little, you know, take a toy out with you. Um, you know, or get the dog to carry a ball, have something so it's listening to you. Mm. And, you know, the moment it goes to chase a squirrel, it's, nope, you're not allowed, you know, and you've got to use your recall, tug the lead and turn the dog away from the from the tree. I certainly like the idea of uh, taking uh, some kind of treat. A, a cheese that immediately reminds me of Wallace and Gromit and, you know, more cheese, Gromit. Oh, that's it. The, the Scots know. generally like the cheese. What you've got to be careful of is that you're not rewarding the bad behaviour. Yeah, I was going to say, how yeah. how do you make how do you make that separation though? How how do you make it not look as though it's an incentive? Well, it it all depends on how you what discipline you are um, doing. So at the moment we're talking about the squirrel up the tree. Mm. Yeah. But, you know, if if the dog has chased that squirrel and it's you know it's barking, it's got it. Generally, they stand at the bottom of the tree, the mm. front paws are halfway up the trunk, and they yap, 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 you That's know. It. And they'll be, or they're running around and chasing circles around the trunk of the tree. So in that instance, if you can get the food, you know, because you're shouting the dog's name, come on, mate, come on, come on, and the dog is just frantically running around, you know, you can say blue banana, green banana, yellow banana, the dog is going to take no notice whatsoever. So it's to break that cycle of it, allowing the dog to bark, so sometimes if the dog is very food orientated, as soon as you get that, you know, nice treat out of your pocket and you make a big song about rattling, you know, rattling the paper and the dog says, oh, I'm a treat. I'm going to leave, you know, the treat is better than the squirrel. Yeah. Okay. Well, if the food doesn't work, then, you know, clapping your hands, mm -hmm. um, you know, again can work and it's just a distraction. You know, you've got to be able to nip it in the bud before, you know, the dog has given chase and, and set off. And presumably the sooner you identify and deal with the problem, the better, because otherwise it becomes more resistant and, and a oh, bit definitely, of a habit. you know, and I think sometimes people, we've made a rod for our own backs because of the, when they, we've got a young Scotty as a puppy, mm. a lot of the times we are playing, um, you know, like tug of war and we've got a, a squeaky toy and they generally look like squirrels or ducks and things and we're going, you know, chase this, you know, grab hold of it. Um, shake it around and so we're instigating that 
that prey instinct in the puppy. But most Scotties don't need that because it's, it's just inbuilt into them. You know, it's the, they're already wired up for that. I've had the most placid of Scotty girls in, um, you know, ex-breeding girls where you think, oh, you know, they're so sweet, you know, they wouldn't hurt a mm-hmm. fly. Mm. I had one Scotty girl and she was so tiny, she actually managed to get through um, a sheep netting fence and into next door's field and she killed a chicken. Oh, dear. And I was absolutely mortified. Um, oh, dear. Because I was actually out with her at the time, but she was so tiny she managed to get through the sheep netting. But, you know, I thought, oh, she's not going to do anything to those chickens. By the time I got over the fence, she was running around with it in her mouth and she'd actually killed it. Oh, dear. So and this well, is a dog that, you know, I don't think I'd ever seen chickens or birds before in her life. But it's just, you know, it's already wired into them. It's inbuilt into them. Indeed it is. Um, well, as quickly, swiftly moving on from chickens, perhaps to turkeys this time of the year. As I mentioned earlier, this is the festive edition of Scotty M.O.T. <laughs> And um, I thought we might wrap up with some advice for owners about um, uh, what to to give or not to give to their dogs at this generous time of year. What advice would you have, Kath? Just to, if the dog is used to um, a dry, complete meal and it has that for 355 days of the year, keep it on the Christmas Day as well, because no doubt if you start giving the leftovers of the turkey dinner, uh, you know, or goose or whatever, if the dog's not used to that rich food, you're going to come down with tummy trouble. Mm. And it's a, a trip to the emergency vets, you know, to get some medication to stop the runs, yep. or stop the dog being sick. Now, if your dog is used to, every week it has, you know, a little bit of your Sunday roast or, you know, some food that's left over, then great, give it a little bit of something to eat. Don't overindulge. Um, you know, don't feed the skin, don't feed the fat, keep the, you know, keep it low fat. Mm. A nice little bit of turkey or chicken, whatever you're eating, won't do the dog any harm if it's used to eating that type of thing. And of course, as well, I mean, we always avoid, uh, you know, things like chicken bones because we know that there are those needle ones which are very dangerous indeed. And presumably turkeys have got something like that as well. Careful with your where you dispose of the carcass for the turkey. Make sure it goes into a outside bin that the dog can't get into because so many dogs, you know, they'll jump up, um, you know, and they'll get to the um, the remainder of the turkey to pinch it because it smells so good. You know, it's been roasting in the oven. They've been fled there, salivating while it's been roasting. Um, <laughs> Making you know, me hungry. Get those bones. You know, they will choke on them. Yeah. Absolutely, absolutely. And, and they are dangerous, they're sharp, and, and even if they get ingested, it, uh, who knows what else it can cause in terms of damage. Now, it sounds like very sage advice. Get it? Sage advice, maybe. <laughs> okay. Um, I'm, I'm full of stuffing tonight, aren't I? Oh, um, definitely, <laughs> I don't have a script. I just I just make this up as I go along, you know. Um, so, um, very good advice, though, and I think a lot of people um, will certainly be willing to take note of that. Um, and, and it's really good that you, you talk about the turkey and, and, and also, as you said, to make sure you dispose of the carcass. You know, in, in the same ways you don't want the fox to be able to get at it, you don't want the dog to get at it, and it should definitely. be pretty much the same rule, shouldn't it? You know, it is worth always keeping in some paste. You can buy it off the counter. Yeah. At the chem, at um, you know, uh, these drug com- companies, and if you keep some paste in, you know, if your dog does get an upset tummy, because you go down to the vets, they'll say, oh, use this probiotic paste. Uh, you know, it's, it 
calms the stomach down. They'll charge you 30, 40 quid for it. And if you buy it online, have it in stock, it, it doesn't go out of date. It'll cost you about £6. Now, that's a big saving. That's that's yeah. a fair amount of dog food you can get for that difference. It certainly is. So it's always worth keeping some of the, uh, the, the paste in. Yeah. Well, it's been an absolute pleasure and a joy. I uh, want to wish you all the very, very best over the Christmas holiday season and uh, that you will be joining us for Scotty MOT in January. It'll come sooner than you think. Oh, that's it, yeah. We'll have to get used to writing the new date, won't we? <laughs> absolutely, absolutely right. So yeah. just so that listeners know, Kath is on uh, once a month, uh, so we'll, we'll be uh, looking forward to her company around about mid-January uh, next time. Um, uh, Kath Marshbank uh, from Stex, it's been an absolute pleasure. Before you dash, I'll just remind people that if they would like to, if they've got concerns um, about the health of the dog or the behaviour of their dog, and they would like to, uh, you know, raise some of these questions, either with Kath or with Jackie, who is our other expert on this programme, then please do go to our website, londonscotty.club, and look for the contact page and just submit via the form there. Uh, just give as much information as you can. We won't uh, reveal the full name of the owner, uh, maybe just the first name of the owner, and that's it. We won't even mention the name of the dog, just to be on the safe side. Um, we respect uh, confidentiality and privacy, uh, but we know that there, there are people out there who've got real concerns and stories that really we would love to help you with. We'd love uh, to help you find a solution if we can. And if we can't, we will be honest about it and we will suggest that you go to a vet. But either way, do keep the questions coming in and we very much hope to uh, be able to help some of you out. So thank you again for that. Kath, once again, a real pleasure. Have a great Christmas. Thank you, George, and you. Happy Christmas. Thanks for listening to London Scotty Radio. This and all our podcasts are available online at londonscotty.club. If you liked it, be sure to subscribe to us from your favourite podcast player app. Also visit us on YouTube for fun videos. And if you have a Scottish Terrier in London or nearby, be sure to join us.